All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here today. I wanted to speak about what I believe is a crucial principle in life, business, uh, whatever it might be, just something that uh, I admittedly have a tremendous amount of trouble with, uh, but have found that the more I'm able to integrate this into my personal experience, the, uh, the easier it is for me, uh, which is this concept of learning how to slow down, slow down. So now, practically speaking, what does that mean? Now, it's interesting because slowing down seems to be uh, only something that, I guess, people who have the luxury to do such a thing can do. And um, we live in a world where people are doing a lot of nothing, and I, of course, could be, uh, could be one of those, you know, where I do get distracted fairly easily, and there is a natural tendency to want to run quickly and to, you know, accomplish a ton of stuff. And... It is very true that it's important to be accomplishing. It's important to set up what you'd like to accomplish and to get out there and do it. Uh, but more importantly than that, a person should work extremely hard that when they are in the process of being like doing anything, that they slow down. Now, I'm going to kind of break that down and speak about that a little bit. Oftentimes, there's a question of how fast can I get through uh, you know, one prospect or one customer and then jump onto the next one. And really, I find that that's a tremendous way to leave a lot of money on the table or if you're not closing deals, to screw, <laughs> screw yourself up and, um, and, and, and just kind of get yourself a, a fat and quick no. Uh, and that's a problem because ultimately, if you don't know how to slow down, you could potentially find hundreds more clients, but at the same time, um, or, or prospects, you can get many, many more prospects, but at the same time, if you aren't being slow, so then you're going to lose a lot of them, or they're going to buy less from you, or they're not going to be so invested in the process. Now, this works specifically in my industry, the coaching industry, and also in the rabbi industry, um, because at the end of the day, it's like, what are you actually trying to accomplish? Do you, do you want people to be invested in you? Do you want people to actually change and grow and get better? Um, or are you just in some race against time or race to try to make yourself look more productive? And at the end of the day, you know, I think, A, first of all, first of all, I mean, let's, let's get real here. Um, you have to figure out who you're working for. If you're working for yourself or if you're working for an organization that has enough emotional and uh, intellectual intelligence to value uh, the customer experience, then you have to appreciate the fact that slowing down is going to get you a lot more. And if you work for, I don't know, any of these other organizations, whichever it might be, or a company where all that matters is, you know, just, uh, you know, hit your, hit your numbers. Well, you know, first of all, I think the thing, at least for me, you know, it's very easy to flub numbers and to make up numbers and to throw these things around here. And uh, if you're a boss, then if you think this isn't happening, um, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> it'd be funny to also speak to about your parenting and try to figure out, you know, how realistic are you about the world that your kids are living in? Um, so one of the, one of the concepts that I, I, I feel is absolutely crucial um, is caring more about impact and caring more about service as opposed to caring more about numbers and caring more about your bottom line. 
Now, when we pay attention and slow down, then our bottom line will rise a great deal. And people will be much more inclined to change and to be impacted than if we're just in a, in a crazy rush against time. Now, someone that naturally is moving about 35,000 miles an hour and has this, you know, I don't think anyone could really say they have more aspirations than I do. Um, and that doesn't mean anyone's, you know, I'm probably, I'm not terribly productive. I was trying to explain to my, to my wife though, that like, you know, in my mind as a businessman, I should be doing what Steve Jobs is doing. And as a, you know, physical specimen, I should be at the Arnold Schwarzenegger levels and as a religious specimen, you know, it goes on and on. And so, you know, yes, I have very unrealistic, uh, potentially and, and huge ideas of where I'm, where I'm supposed to be. And my lacks, lacks, like, you know, not, not being there, it drives me crazy. And I just want to run and run and run until I get there. But the reality is that I'm not going to get there unless I can really put other people first. And that would be my clients. That would be the people that I work with as a, as a rabbi. And to sit down and not have an agenda per se when we meet, but really to say kind of where are you? And to give people the gift, really, of just being there with them and listening to them. And when a person senses that you are doing that, so this is practical, you know, business 101, they will, you know, most people or everybody will open up about their goals, their dreams, their needs, their, their desires, what they want if they ask, if you ask, and if you provide the space for them to respond. And like I tell all of my clients who are trying to figure out how do I grow my business? Well, you first have to figure out what is your customer looking for. And because you could get everything faster and cheaper, so you can't compete on that in most cases. And you don't want to compete in that in most cases because it's very expensive to, you know, try to compete with, uh, you know, with a computer, you can't, you know what I'm saying? Like in terms of if I want to be faster, I'm not going to be faster because, you know, computers are faster, other people are faster, you know, and, and also I can't compete. I don't want to compete on cost because people are always going to work for cheaper. Um, but what I can do is I could sit with you and I could provide a space for you and I could allow you to really get all of your needs out there, meet you where you are, and take you to where you want to get to. And I, now I can't do that if I'm rushing you. And I can't really flush out and ask the questions that have to be asked if I got to get to 25 more clients today. And what I found and what the people that I'm modeling a lot of my work off of have shown me is, and, and, and this is not like, this is not new. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, there's a famous rabbi in the times of the Talmud and the rabbi in the times of the Talmud basically had 24,000 students and they all died. And then he rebuilt and he built his legacy off of the five that he brought on afterwards. And it's really a crazy lesson because not all of us are going to be Walmart. 
so to speak, and just service the world. And not all of us need to be Walmart, and most of us shouldn't even try to be Walmart, because ultimately our greatest impact, and this is another, I mean, there's this, this lesson is a wash throughout and, and I, again, I'm going to get really upset if I think about this too much because I, I, I do have a chip on my shoulder about this kind of stuff. But if, if you look, it's like Abraham, um, the, the patriarch, the Jewish patriarch. So he made literally like the biggest idea ever, you know, bigger than, bigger than Apple, and, which is the idea of the ethical monotheism or that God is involved in, uh, in, in, in our lives. That was really the... the the, the model or the method or the ideology that he brought to the world. And as a result of him, Judaism came and, and Christianity and Islam came and all this stuff. So it's like, it's a popular idea, this ethical monotheistic idea. And, you know, so you think that he would have to make like a great like e-product for everybody and sell it at a low price and open up studio franchises across the world. And really, you know, at the end of the day, like his biggest impact was his son. That one kid, you know, and and from that one kid came two kids, you know, but really one that was pushing this this agenda, and and it built out from there. And so this idea of you know we have really broad aspirations about how much we want to accomplish, but oftentimes what we're leaving on the table is the depth that we can accomplish with the person in front of us. And so what I'm trying to work on in the business that I do. Is when I sit down with a person, when I sit across the table with a person, first of all, I, I think to myself that this person has the resources um, to be my best client. And the other 30 people I'm going to run to afterwards, you know, maybe I'd scrap together some money, but all I need is from this client in front of me. And so there, now, how, how do I provide a service that's so valuable to them? So the answer is again, I have to slow down and I have to ask questions and I have to find out well what do you what do you want and what are you looking for and why do you want that and you know kind of where are you now and what's it going to take to get you there and how can I help you and it's 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 nuts because it's so simple but it's so hard um, because we're like okay 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 great 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 got to got to go and then they're like oh okay and and that's that's a big challenge because ultimately if a person if you're listening to someone and same for me personally if someone sits down with me and they say you know what do you want and i'm able to outline my goals whatever it might be and they, they push me on that they're like well, what do you really want and like, okay well you know this is the part and and the shocking thing is a lot of people don't even do this you know like i, I was sitting with one uh with one with one individual and asked them about the aspirations for their company and they, they just never thought about it i'm like wow okay and I sat with somebody else and, you know, the aspirations that they had for the company was like, once they started realizing what, what kind of an asset they were sitting on, they were like, oh my God, like this is worth 10 times that. I was like, yeah, you know, so a lot of it has to start with the fact that we don't dream big enough, but once we are coached to dream bigger and to think bigger and to really start to step into what we really want. So then all of a sudden you get this like gnawing hunger that I actually want to do that stuff because it looks awesome or it sounds awesome or it is awesome. And when I have that, you know, like I was telling, you know, it's like if you if you are able to tap into what you're really 
able to do and you get a path on that place. So like that, that's ultimately a priceless gift. That's a priceless ability and income becomes really immaterial because if you can just figure out and act at your highest self and be totally aligned and dreaming the right kinds of dreams and, and taking the right kinds of actions, so then it, it becomes very simple that there's no amount of money that's 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 gonna you know that, that someone would say you know how much does it cost how much are your dreams worth you know and and you know I'm just saying for me personally you know and and how much money would you like to make and if you were totally in line with who you are and and everything like that you know what how much money would that would that look like so the answer is like a ton of money so like any money that comes in the training for that is really immaterial because I really want that. And that's the power of slowing down and getting a person to really see the bigger picture. And the same thing's true with spirituality. It's like, you know, what what are you willing to give up in in when it comes to the pursuit of your highest self, your highest spiritual self, your highest parenting self? You know, what's that what's that gonna cost you? Now a lot of times people will say, well, you know, I don't think I can do that. Okay, well that's that's one great limiting belief. Something else, you know, I don't have that. And I was like, well, you know, what's this? What's this really worth to you? And that you can't, like, again, like no one. I I don't know who's saying this stuff, you know, per se. You know, everyone talks about the hustle and the grind, and uh, you know, let's hit up another ten thousand people and have another, you know. And it's true, you do have to get out there. You do have to have conversations. But rather than try to figure out how do I generate another three hundred prospects. Why don't I focus on the three prospects I have in front of me and actually slow down and try to serve them and see where that leads? Um, and you'll find if you slow down, which is very difficult, that the three in front of you are infinitely more valuable and you could provide them infinitely more value than the 300 that you are aspiring to speak to. Uh, it's, a, it's a short lesson, but it's very important. And the, the work to take away from this is where in your life are you going to slow down? Where in your life are you going to focus on serving and being there and just paying attention to what's going on in front of you? And what's the goal that you want to achieve out of that? That's big stuff. So again, I could, I could spend another 25 minutes on here, but uh, I think at that point I'm only diluting the message. Thank you.